0: Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's March 28th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. Dang, what a week. Blockbuster trades, seemingly senseless cuts, players coming back from the dead, dogs and cats living together. What is happening?
1: I don't know what's happening, but I know... I need some serious footwear to wade through these trenches that have been created by the avalanche of news in the NFL this last week. And I got to get them at eBay, baby. eBay sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. All right, as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In a partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st at ebaycom slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low-tops. Just take a screenshot of your purchase, send it to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. I buy a tremendous amount of clothing and sneakers from eBay. So take it from me. It's the place to go. And uh, win a little something extra while you're at it. eBay sneakers. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And there is quite a bit going on right now. You have just a little bit of time left to bet on March Madness. And it's not as easy as just following Sister Jean and Loyola anymore. Because they got waxed, baby. They got put back where they belong. Damn it. Maybe a little bit more length on that mustache from their best player, and they could have had a little bit more length or longevity in their uh, their existence in the tournament. But I digress. Bet online has you cover for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: I a lambalilo. I. Steve Nelson is done with the Steelers.
1: What the hell happened? We did um, so. We of course we mentioned this last week, but I want to say,
0: no, he had asked for a trade. Everybody he agreed he had to, it had to go, but it, but it looks like the the layers of the onion are being peeled back, and the Steelers are not looking good in this scenario.
1: Yeah. So how would you explain this to the to the viewership, to the listenership, Dad? Because Initially, we're thinking, wow, why does Steven Nelson want a trade? There's no way that the Steelers just did a one-for-one signing Juju, uh, a receiver, a very good, reliable receiver, but a member of a completely stacked receiver room. And by the way, I told everybody a couple weeks ago, I I watched the uh, highlights of Chase Claypool's uh, rookie season. And it just doubled down on the fact that this is DK Metcalf. This is a legitimate potential superstar receiver if he can grow the way a lot of other Steelers receivers have. Well, I watched Deontay's last night. And, dude, these guys have higher ceilings than Juju, for sure. And I love him. And guess what? Those two guys are incredibly inconsistent, where Juju is one of the most consistent receivers in the league, really. So, you know, once again, I digress here, but the receiver room is stacked. The cornerback room is not, and if they are cutting Steven Nelson for Juju, it just doesn't make any sense, because you also like, well wait, you could add, you're could you losing um, Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson to keep a, a player at a position of total strength? It doesn't make any sense. Steven Nelson must have been asking for a contract extension or the Steelers were asking him to take a pay cut. This must be why this happened. But all news seems to indicate Neither one of those things is true, and it basically was a juju for Nelson type situation. What the hell happened?
0: I know that there's no other information about this. Why is? Which is why some people are concluding that it was a ju- uh, juju for for Nelson trade. I still don't see it, given the dollars that are involved. What, what's just mystifying is that Nelson went before Hayden. This yeah, makes this he makes absolutely more
1: money on the. Ca- he saves some more money in the cap, like eight million or something like that, and I don't know how much. Uh, Hayden actually saves him but that's the decision but still he's 32 that's 50 in in cornerback years you know love Hayden but it just doesn't make sense because Nelson could have been your corner for the next five or six years
0: he was the best citizen one of the best citizens on this team
1: yeah he's just he's consistent he's reliable Steelers haven't had that since Ike Taylor and then they had multiple guys so thank god they kept um Sutton They had their first star since, you know, late career Ike with uh, Mike Hilton, obviously a different type of player than uh, the lockdown, follow the best receiver type of corner that Ike Taylor eventually grew to be. Mike Hilton being more of a playmaking, run-stopping type of guy who could also cover but, uh, yeah, Nelson was just reliable. He was incredible in 2019. His best year as a professional in general and then regressed a little bit in 2020 to just be more like a, yeah, he's an above-average cornerback, which for the Steelers is a Hall of Fame type of cornerback because it's been so bad for so long. Um, let's go back to the money, though. Can you explain why the money doesn't doesn't make sense in terms of it being a juju for Nelson's straight-up trade?
0: in my opinion the steelers saved 8 million dollars from but releasing steven nelson yeah you cost 2.4 million dollars they, they, they don't you yeah. didn't need to cut nelson to get 2.4 million dollars it just doesn't seem like a it's definitely not a one for one
1: totally and also how much would have hayden saved you if you cut him I not, much less, 2. not 4 much less not much less than like... um hmm at least 2.4 right so like you could have cut hey close to juju if you needed to do the one for one
0: close to uh what steven nelson cost
1: so let me scroll to the bottom of our little outline here we have a few notes just so we know what to hit on here right and at the bottom we've kept a big section called tracking going forward there's five bullet points that we made, I think, the week after the season ended. Like, the Steelers are going to need to fix these things if they want to do better next year. And number four is to improve, they have to be brave in cutting veterans in order to retain young studs. They have not been that team. They are not the Bill Belichick. We're going to cut him two years before he's bad. They have kept a lot of guys, all right? And so that's where I think... They made their decision with joe hayden he's too valuable he's too great of a leader which he is and we need to keep that together if we want the defense to be competitive which to me is a incredibly short-sighted because he already started his decline last year i mean you could be in a bad place by the end of the year this year although he's still a good cornerback but uh yeah it's looking a little a little bit freaky in terms of that type of decision making because it seems so easy if it had to be one for one which you're saying it may not even necessarily be that how do you pick Nelson, who's probably a little bit better of a cornerback right now than Hayden, or at least equivalent, but much younger, and and leave Hayden on the team? It's just.
0: Yeah, let me let me just refine my answer. Hayden and Nelson cost the same amount of money. It was a, so Hayden will cost almost sixteen million dollars against the cap. If he was cut, he would be. He's an eight and a half million dollar dead cap hit, almost the same as Nelson. I, that's what makes it mystifying to me.
1: Yeah. And maybe uh, yeah you're right if you're saving the same amount of money it just doesn't make much sense and by the way so uh, with the juju thing it's a one-year deal i almost like i still want to celebrate what we celebrated last week right looking at this is this is legitimately a middle finger to the ravens i mean it's beautiful they offered him about four million dollars after you had the incentives on there which i guess would be pretty reach, uh, pretty difficult to reach incentives With uh, with um, Greg Roman calling the plays and Lamar throwing the ball in Baltimore, but I, you know, still they they offered a lot more money, and Juju did decide to stay in Pittsburgh. I still think you got to let him go after this year, though, because I want to. There's no way you can pay three receivers at the same time, and I'm already right now rolling the dice on committing to uh, Claypool and Deontay Johnson as potential stars. So if they found an opportunity that they didn't expect to get to keep Juju Smith-Schuster for a final Super Bowl run, that's awesome.
0: Look, I think that uh, maybe Juju's there because Ben's still only going to be passing 4.7 yards a uh, an attempt this year, and they just needed this, a dependable slot receiver. Who knows?
1: Well, no, I understand him coming back for one year. It's actually amazing for the Steelers. Like, oh, yeah, sure. We get him for $2.4 million, and they're under the impression that they can win the Super Bowl this year. So, yeah, definitely keep him. I'm just saying – like, we'll probably be back here again next year. And I would say at that point, you can't keep him. Save the money for better players.
0: Well, you're going to have to pay several guys, right? Starting with T.J. Watt, unless they... I mean, they're not going to figure out an extension at this point, no, I they, think.
1: there's room think. As of today and yesterday, they might be looking at a T.J. Watt extension, which is maybe one of the reasons why they let go of a Steven Nelson, not just for Juju, but to open more cap space. Although I know you're saying that he, releasing him and, and Hayden... Re- Gives you the same amount of cap space, but that's not what I've been hearing on the internet. So I got to see what's up with that. But uh, but even when you're talking about TJ Watt, like sure, yeah, you got to sign good players on both sides of the ball. But when you're a football team, you can't. Let's say uh, Bud Dupree stayed on the team and Alex Highsmith turns into a pro bowler. you can't pay three edge rushers. It's just putting too much money into one position. You're not going to have any... What if you didn't have any good linemen by that point? Or you needed to lure a quarterback? You'd have so much money wrapped up in in one place. It just doesn't make sense from a team-building perspective. So if you have two studs in Deontay Johnson and Claypool... That's already more receivers than they ever pay at a time anyways. We know Juju's now the third Steelers receiver in the modern era to get a, a second contract after Heinz and AB. And even that has an asterisk because it's a one-year contract based on a COVID year, right? All I'm saying is after this year goes up, you should still probably let Juju walk to prepare the money for Deontay and, and Claypool. I are a few years down the line. but uh,
0: Maybe, know. but you're not going to have to pay Johnson or Claypool next year.
1: Uh, this is Deontay Johnson's third year. He'll be going in the final year of his contract, so you would. And the Steelers, so I
0: don't even know what the Steelers are going to restructure. Where are they are going to get the money? Because they need the $8 million, I think they have.
1: To it and Boswell still haven't restructured. I have no idea why they haven't done that.
0: And obviously so Boswell... like fans
1: do have to remember that like, you need money to sign your draft class too. So they need yeah, like
0: $7 million. It looks like we have uh, about $10 million right now. So right. that's gonna t- that your your draft class is gonna soak up much of that money. So you're not giving anybody a blockbuster at this point. I don't know how you get how you get TJ what
1: Well, wh- does it what extend? Kind of money he's does gonna... it spread his money out by giving him an extension that way? We're getting into a lot of hypotheticals here. Maybe we'll All do right. some research on it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they did make one extra signing though. Uh, speaking of that, so like freeing up that money wasn't always just about Juju. It might have just been about, wow, how are we getting a Pro Bowl type of player for two and a half million dollars? We're going to take that deal. Like, we'll figure out the rest. But there is a rumor, uh, according to Alex Kazora, This is a good one, actually. Rumor this is a tweet from Alex from yesterday. Rumor is the Steelers are signing former Bears offensive lineman Rashad Coward. Stems from, bear with me here. A Reddit post that some guy overheard the conversation playing Call of Duty. But Story seems to be checking out. He says the Reddit post also made mention of Coward signing a three-year deal and being traded to the Steelers. Uh, He's a free agent. Not sure how trade works, but everything else is checking out. So if that is true, the Steelers are doing the usual Kevin Colbert, hey, let's sign some uh, low-level free agents to shore up the depth, just like Haig they got from Tampa Bay, although they might have overpaid him a little Super Bowl premium. But maybe that's why they're opening up some of that cap space instead of TJ.
0: Like the phoenix rising from the ashes, like Lazarus rising from the tomb. Tyson Alu-Alu is a stealer once more. He's back, baby.
1: He's back. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take the Brown Center, and he's going to make him eat Baker Mayfield piece by piece, bone by bone, starting with the fingers. This is... Us burying the lead is what this is. Actually, it's not because the last segment was semi negative in terms of what the hell are the Steelers doing? How are they constructing their roster based on position and based on financial availability? And now this is the palate cleanser that we all needed. Have you seen this? I have seen uh, players, you know, explore free agency and come back, just like, hey, uh, that's sort of what Juju did when he was almost gone. But I haven't seen a guy agree to something. And then three weeks later, turn around and come back. You know what happened? He got COVID. He got COVID and had time to think about it. And the boys were like, Tyson, you want to go play for Urban Meyer? That cult leader freakazoid college coach who's going to be coaching down in Jacksonville? You want to do that? And he said, no, you're right.
0: This was deigned by the finger of God.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. I think it was his, <laughs> his kids just start
0: the, they said uh his kids just started hey, third grade. On. He's got his he's got a beautiful house built in Pittsburgh. He, he
1: has a house in Pittsburgh and the beautiful and, uh,
0: weather of Pittsburgh yeah, has a strange stranglehold dumb. on him.
1: Um well, he said that his uh teammates so Cam and everybody helped convince him, but then the big uh, the big fish was Carl Dunbar. The defensive line coach, who's really done a fantastic job since he's been in Pittsburgh, and he said he was incredibly aggressive and incredibly successful, and in, in uh, changing his mind. And that is pretty cool because actually Jacksonville is an exciting place to be. First off, just the freaking weather. And you're right, he's older now and he has a house in Pittsburgh, but he played most of his career in Jacksonville, so it's not some foreign place. It made total sense when he when he decided to go down there. I didn't even know if uh, the Steeler like. I just figured it made so much sense. Remember when Munchak left to go be close to his family in Colorado? Well, this one makes even more sense. You're going to a place you already worked in for a decade or whatever it was. Way better weather. And... Actually, a pretty exciting team. They're probably not competing for the Super Bowl, but they're, they're getting Trevor Lawrence. They have some pe- – well, they're definitely not competing for the Super Bowl. Let me rephrase that. But I think they're better than people realize. They have more weapons down there, good running back, a couple good receivers that are a little under the radar, and then Trevor Lawrence coming in. But I have to imagine – and we'll talk about how big this is because it is big. We'll talk about how big this is in a second. But right now I'm just thinking about the decision of him to come back. It's not like you were gonna go to the Jets and play for some trash team. They're gonna be okay next year. The division's not terrifying. It's, it's tough, but not terrifying. But for the Steelers, you do get to take one more Super Bowl run, whether it's an outside chance or not. You get to do that. And also, I would've just I want to play for Urban Meyer if I'm a 33-year-old man. I, I've been on the record as saying, I do not believe in the legendary college coaches making the transition to the NFL. There are so many stories about Sabin from Miami that are horrifying that kind of solidify my opinion on that. And granted, that's just one guy. Uh, but so far, it just hasn't worked. Chip Kelly, Steve Spurrier, uh, I've, uh, you know, obviously uh, Pete Carroll had success there, but did he really? All the members of the Legion of Boom who won him the Super Bowl publicly have declared hate for him. One of them flicked him off as he got carried, carted off of the field, Earl Thomas, in his final play as a Seattle Seahawk. And now his star Hall of Fame quarterback is the first like 31-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback demanding a trade in the middle of his career because he can't get along with the head coach and their philosophies anymore, right? So I just think as a 33-year-old, you're like, I want to go down and go play for this guy who's been a literal god and it's going to be college. You're like, I don't want to deal with that. Let's go stay with Tomlin and the boys, and make another run at, at Pittsburgh, where I know I have a really good role. I don't have to play hundred percent of the snaps, and uh, maybe we win a Super Bowl.
0: No, he was there for seven years, but he's been in Pittsburgh for four. I yeah, mean, how many we... guys in Jacksonville are still left? I mean, you you, you develop these relationships. You know what's gonna, what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah, as you pointed out, there there is an upside with Pittsburgh. I I would love to know what. The actual money they were dangling in front of him was did you see that
1: no but it was slightly more than what pittsburgh offered and that has been confirmed i don't think it's big money uh but when you make a pros and cons list i guess it goes like this more money okay that's easy this is your last contract as an nfl player most likely right all right so that goes to jacksonville weather that is a big deal to players jacksonville uh, who you're playing with and your teammates, Pittsburgh by a quantum mile. You get Cam and DJ and To It and everybody. Your coach, Pittsburgh by a quantum mile. You get the most well liked head coach in the league versus a guy who is a total wild card. He immediately signed a <laughs> well known racist as the offensive line coach as his first move to come to Jacksonville and had to fire him two days later. I mean, it's, it's just uh, Urban Meyer. I don't know. He's a weirdo. He has a long track record from leaving schools and lying and doing a bunch of crazy college coachy crap that, like, you don't want to deal with that guy. And then one has a chance to win the Super Bowl and one does not. So I guess when you add it up like that, if the money wasn't too big of a gap, Pittsburgh is better spot on paper.
0: So, Nick, what, is, what kind of difference does this make on the field?
1: It's massive. Now there isn't a huge there isn't a huge glaring need to take a defensive tackle earlier in the draft than we thought. I think it's been well documented on Twitter and on our show that Tyson Alualu is one of those rare cases of an NFL player who breaks out after 30 years old. He has been a stud. There is like a 50 yard per game difference in rush yards by the opponent when he was in the game and out of the game last year. And when Bud... Uh, left, so did alu, alu So it sort of happened at the same time as two of those guys, but Alu-Alu's a big part of that. He's a space eater. He's a powerful guy. He even gets pass rush from the interior. So now you have another, I don't know if I'd call him a blue chip player, but you have a very good player um, playing on the field, uh, helping that run defense, which already lost Bud Dupree, which is a big part of that. You lost Vince Williams. That's a big part of that, although I think Spillane will be able to do a comparable job. Um... And, and most importantly, that long list I keep tweeting about the Steelers literally don't have a starter at this position, X, Y, and Z. And they don't have a first backup at this position, X, Y, and Z. You just took nose tackle off of that. Hey, they don't have a starter here. That takes a lot of pressure off the Steelers. And, uh, yeah, big that they were able to keep that part of the defensive line intact.
0: Okay. Explain this to me. Explain the Rubik's Cube of the mega trilateral trade that just happened this week.
1: Okay, I know you guys have heard this before, probably through the intranet, but let me just break it down. There's three teams involved. There's the Dolphins, who had the third pick in the draft. There's the Eagles, who had the sixth pick in the draft. And then there are the San Francisco 49ers, who had pick number 12. Well, San Francisco trades up with the Dolphins to get to number three. So San Francisco makes a definitive statement saying, we're taking a quarterback because they had to trade three first round picks and a third and I believe a second, you know, the usual trade package you need to offer in order to get up into the top three to draft a quarterback. And they're either going to take Mac Jones, uh, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance at number three. I love that this is happening because I think uh, there will never be another Patriots dynasty, but the closest person uh, who has the ability to have a dynasty is Kyle Shanahan. Because he's automatic offense, whether it's Brian Hoyer in Cleveland or Matt Schaub, in in Houston. Let alone we saw what he what he's done with the Niners, taking them to the Super Bowl, and then when he made the eighth highest scoring offense in the history of the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons, who then fell to a mediocre offensive team with the exact same roster the, the year he left, showing what a big impact he had. Uh, this guy is instant offense, no matter who is on the team. He can make offense happen. So, the fact that they're not going to try and keep using scrap backup quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to make a run at the uh, Super Bowl, this is very intriguing. So, I'd love to see that. But a minute after the Dolphins surrender, you know, gave that pick to the 49ers, they went back to number 12. Well, boom, they traded back up to number six with the Eagles. And now the Eagles are at number 12, or at the Eagles are at number 18 because they had multiple. Well, either way, the Dolphins traded back in to the top 10. So, the earth has been shaken. You know, the Eagles and the 49ers are NFC teams. They, The Eagles allegedly are split on taking a quarterback, but you just trade out of the top 10, you're not getting a quarterback this particular year. So I don't know how this helps our hopes of a ton of quarterbacks going early and letting better players sl- slide to the Steelers, but it has been an unprecedented crazy offseason in the NFL. Obviously, the Deshaun stuff has slowed down. The Russell Wilson stuff has slowed down. But we had a blockbuster trade, um, which surprises me that it happened this early. Usually, these are draft night thing. And it also almost all but confirms the Jets will take a quarterback, uh, uh, probably Zach Wilson, at number two. Because otherwise, why wouldn't the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, trade up with his buddy, Robert Salas, former defense coordinator, who's now the coach of the Jets. Why wouldn't he trade up to number two? unless they had something they really wanted there. So the the draft is coming together, and it'll be a big question whether Shanahan takes the Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan-like Mac Jones with that pick, but with a very low athletic upside, or if he takes one of the freaks, Lance, or Fields with that pick. I think that he's probably trending that way based on some of his comments. But either way, earth-shattering trade in the NFL.
0: So do you think, switching gears here, That the juju effect is affecting Alejandro Villanueva because for all the talk about him leaving the Steelers, that has not yet happened. And by the juju effect, I mean the markets dried up or he just doesn't offer the value that maybe his agent thinks he
1: does right and the market's dried up for juju because of this COVID year honestly like otherwise it's a slam dunk for him to get a deal a player of his caliber that's why galladay took him forever to get a deal from the giants it's usually not that tough for these guys to get deals next year they could actually cash out so maybe juju was smarter than galladay but yeah i think that the tackle market seems to be a little suppressed alejandro villanueva you sort of forget he's an older guy what how old is he i mean he's he's not 33 is he but he's an older guy and uh, he played well, actually, for the first part of last year and then sucked like the rest of the players did <laughs> over the second half. So I don't know what the interest is. And man, at this point, if there's any way to keep him, that might be attractive. And I bet you maybe the Steelers were saying, like, look, we're going to let you see what's out there. And and if you don't like it, then whatever. you Like, you can come back with us. I, I, at this point, will be in favor of keeping them just because it seems so obvious that the Steelers are not taking a tackle in the first round, which we all think they should do because there's so many good ones. There's a great chance you're going to get a great player. It's like when T.J. Watt, he didn't slide to the Steelers at 28 or whatever it was. There were just five legitimate first round edges in that class. He was considered a more boring pick. And like, oh, yeah, it's JJ's younger brother. Like He's good. You can take him the first round. But there's that for tackles this year, so it seems weird that they're not going to take one. So if you're not going to take one, and you currently don't have a legitimate, usable backup on the team, and your two starters are glorified backups and Banner and Chooks, uh, it would be nice to have a little familiarity there. And he still did play well for most last year. Yeah,
0: he's 32.
1: 32. Yeah, he's not an old old man for a cornerback,
0: but not ancient for an offensive lineman. Totally. He had an average contract of six and a half million dollars. Obviously he was looking for something more than that in the market and he won't get it. But I I'd I'd like to uh I'd rather see him back and hope chalk up the last year to a subpar year for him and, and hope he recovers.
1: He's been underpaid his whole career too, so I can He is the kind of guy that should seek a big-money deal. Maybe this is just crappy timing, but what if it's a one-year deal with Pittsburgh? Is he going to cash in as a 33-year-old offensive tackle next year? Trent Williams did, but Trent Williams is the first ballot Hall of Famer. So who knows what happens there, but you're right. It's a good thing to keep an eye on.
0: The blockbuster news we've been keeping under wraps until now. Robert, Bobby Spokane Spillane has resigned for one year.
1: He's ready. Well, they tendered him, I guess, earlier, so this just makes it official. But, uh, yep, another one-year deal. We'll see what happens. I think that he's a pretty comparable replacement for Vince Williams. Obviously, you can't – I can't even say that out loud. It's so sad. Uh, You can't uh, replicate what Vince offers in terms of his intelligence and the incredible amount of on-field experience he had ever since his rookie year. Filling in for Jay Zier as a six-round pick from Florida State. But uh, Spillane, he lays the wood. We all know that. Actually, the whole NFL knows that based on his collision with Derrick Henry last year. But he had more than one of those. And we see that he has some sp- a little better coverage ability and speed than you would think, although you wouldn't confuse him for a coverage linebacker. And most importantly, the video of him playing basketball from last week made me realize he's a much better athlete than I thought because he legit can hoop. He has handles. He looks fluid. This is unheard of from a defensive player in football. Defensive players in football suck at basketball. And when we talk about best athletes in the world, my definition is always like, can you pick up a baseball and throw it well? Can you hit a baseball? And also, could I give you a basketball and could you dribble it and shoot it and pass it? Could you figure out a tennis racket? Like It's more about skill to me and a mixture of explosion as well rather than like, Oh, these soccer players are great, but none of them could play football cuz they they literally don't know how to use their hands. I think a guy like Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook maybe. It's like those guys could could play any sport. LeBron, he could play basketball, he could be an amazing goalie. That's what I think makes a great athlete. And so I actually do think that uh, Robert Spillane being more athletic is interesting and it makes sense why he was able to return that pick six this past year. So glad that he's uh that he's locked up, but that was pretty much just a perfunctory uh, move there.
0: Well, if you wanna elevate your game, you have to dress for success.
1: And it starts with the sneakers, everybody. Look, every great fashionist or fashionista knows that the outfit starts with the sneakers and eBay has got you covered. From rare dead stock to latest release, you can find the best sneakers and the exact sneakers you want on eBay. And Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers coming up right here. And with each purchase you make before March 31st, you can get in on that action. Just make that purchase on ebay.com sneakers. You get entered into a drawing for a one-on-one pair of Air Force One low tops. That sentence just destroys me every time for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low-tops. Nailed it. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. There's some intriguing action going on with the 49ers at number three. They could take one of three quarterbacks there. Is it going to be Justin Fields from Ohio State? Is it... Trey Lance, the freak with very little tape from North Dakota State, or is it going to be Mac Jones from Alabama? Who knows? Maybe you can bet on that and bet online because they have all the best news, scores, odds, and props in the business. Head to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts.
0: Okay, now the moment everybody's been waiting for maybe all year. Yep. We're going to do our draft prospect evaluation on centers. Are you implying they've been
1: waiting for the centers longer than the other, other positions?
0: Well, let's face it. Maybe it's a little bit more interesting than the tackles that we did. But this was brutality.
1: So why do you consider it more interesting? Because I agree, it's, it's, it's such a weird situation to be in where it's the clear position the Steelers need the most because they literally don't have a starter on the roster. BJ Finney, he's a backup who can start, but center has not been his best position. And not only do you need a player there, you lost one of the greatest players in history there. The Steelers' tradition of great centers is unparalleled. I mean, hell. You know the big three before Pouncy, but even Jeff Hardings was great. The guy before Pouncy, uh, there was a couple guys before him, but he was the longest tenured one in a Super Bowl winner at that two time Super Bowl winner. But uh, yeah, so it's such a position of need, and there are no first round prospects aside from Landon Dickerson, the stud of Alabama, who has had 17 surgeries on his legs and therefore. I'm exaggerating, but I think it's four. He's had like four major injuries in college, two knees and two ankles. And from that standpoint, that is a red flag, do not touch in the first round type of guy. Very risky. And then after that, it's a bunch of second, third kind of round guys. If you're And, and if you want to take a starting player, whew, you're starting to cut it close if it's a third rounder. But uh, yeah, so there's... Are they going to be available at pick number 55? You're going to have to trade up for one? Do you trade out of the first round to to draft one of these guys later? It is really interesting, I guess, is what I was trying to say in a roundabout way.
0: Well, it's interesting because they do more than just block. They've got to snap the ball. But let me set some context (laughs) because I looked at a lot of tape. I read a lot of draft analyses. And what I had... (laughs) When I, after all was said and done, I went back and I looked at Marquise Pouncey's draft analysis and let me just say that in 2010, those analyses don't approach the, no. the computations and the sheer length of the breakdowns you get today. Basically what they said about Marquise is, this guy's waited too long to come out of college, hands down, first round drafty yeah. and perennial all pro. So, Marquise was drafted in the first round, 18th overall in the 2010 draft. Coincidentally, you know who else was drafted
1: in that uh, class? His brother, his twin brother. No, the next year, right? No, the
0: year, next year after that. Yeah, weird. But coincidentally, a guy we were talking about earlier in the podcast, Tyson Alulu, was the 10th pick of the draft in that year. Crazy, right? So, the breakdown about Marquise was really fast. Those words were not used for any of the guys we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, If we can just, can we just start out and we can be more efficient if we just say not athletic for all of these guys? Yeah. (laughs) Then we pretty much covered everything. So you started out with Lander Dickerson from Alabama. He is a redshirt senior, which means he's about 32 years old to start out. 6'6, 326 pounder. He was the Remington Trophy winner for 2020. And as you pointed out, he has had a lot of injuries. But he is kind of—he's considered hands down. You know, this is this guy should go in the first round if people can overlook those injuries. But you know, the sort of the interesting thing about him is he has played all all the positions on the offensive line.
1: Yeah, and he played at Oklahoma first, and then he played at uh, Alabama. So two offensive powerhouses. This guy is Marquise Pouncey without the mobility, because the reason why Marquise was such a slam dunk first-round pick is his athleticism is unparalleled for a center. I mean, I hate Dermani Dawson was the first real great pulling center. Well, the next great one was really Marquise Pouncey, another Pittsburgh Steeler. And so we know about how good he was at pulling, and and obviously good at blocking a phone booth, good at everything, but his leadership is insane. Like, his charisma and how people flocked him, how tough he is, the edge. I mean, he's the guy who kicked Miles Garrett in the head uh, when, you know, he, he – ended Mason Rudolph's chances of playing quarterback for my team. You you get hit in the head with your own helmet. You don't play quarterback for my team. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. But uh, Landon Dickerson is beloved by teammates. He took the kneel-down snaps in the national championship game on on bum legs just because he means that much to the team. You saw him go in there, and he headbutts everybody, and everybody's all psyched up. And like you mentioned, he played all five positions on the line and to play center and be really good for Nick Saban you have some football knowledge which marquise pouncey had as well so do you take this it when's he gonna be available is the thing like i really do think the steelers could this would be the a great year to trade back for the first time ever and get another pick and maybe you take him at the you trade back to the beginning of the second round you take him or any one of these other guys but uh man it is a lot of problems with your legs and by the way we saw Pouncey had some injury issues himself. I mean, he missed, what, two full seasons? Um, he missed the Super Bowl against the Packers, and uh, every time he was injured, it was a bit of an issue. So do you want to ride that again with a guy who's not even as athletic as Pouncey is? I don't know. It depends on where they could get this guy, but if you get him, I don't mind rolling the dice on a, on a true blue-chip player. But, uh, yeah, that's, the injuries are extensive, so it's risky from that angle.
0: So I don't know if I put his name in the category of Duck Hodges, but I do like the name Creed Humphrey. Out of Oklahoma. Redshirt Jr. Still is like an underclassman, sort of. 6'4", 312 pounds. You know what's interesting about Creed Humphrey? Tell me. He's a southpaw.
1: I don't think Ben I'm is going n- draft him.
0: <laughs> ben is not going to want a reverse spin
1: snapping That's back not, at him. Ben is not down for that. I... I- I'm not even kidding. I cannot see Ben wanting to do that. That's going to annoy him so deeply. Yeah, Creed seems like uh, – the he, we talked about Trey Sermon maybe being the pick for the Steelers um, at running back just based on value. Like, hey, they shouldn't take one in the first round even though they probably will. Uh, this guy is the best guy who fits their type of system on when they should take that player. Like don't take a running – who's going to be available in the third that fits the Steelers system for a running back, right? Um don't think it's going to go that way, but we kind of outlined, hey, if you're building your team, you'd like to do that. Creed Humphrey is that guy for the Steelers. He's a lefty. He's a great dude in a phone booth, like we talked about it. Uh, he's played at Oklahoma. That's a lot of shotgun snaps. Steelers do a lot of shotgun snaps as well. Spinning left-handed, I legit think, will annoy somebody, but come on, man. you It's a four-yard throw. You can complete that, right? Um, he probably won't be available for the Steelers second-round pick. So that's why this is so interesting. Do you take him at 24 and overdraft a guy who has a low athletic upside? He's just like a, a solid center. He's a good player. You like This is a Ramon Foster type of guy. Like you, You're not confusing him for DeCastro or Pouncey. But, um, yeah, you use one of those. I think that the first-round picks are for taking elite assets. That's why we're so pissed off when they took Edmonds and, and Artie Burns. And uh, you can find someone to fit that role otherwise. So I hope they don't take him in the first round. He would be the kind of guy, once again, if they trade back and took this guy in the 40s, that would be a slam dunk for the Steelers. Otherwise, it might not be available for them at 55 and might be too early at 24.
0: Well, we definitely don't want to see J.C. Hausenauer taking the spot. Um, interestingly, I recommend everybody take a look at some of his tape because... Creed Humphrey was a key cog in one of the most explosive offenses in the country. And it makes me wonder, I mean, just the tape that I saw, they were so overwhelming. It's, it's sort of hard to get a feel for whether, how he would perform in the NFL because Oklahoma was just a machine and
1: and he didn't play against a single, you know, they don't play against NFL defenders, right? Those guys don't go to the NFL, you know?
0: But our next player, Josh Myers from Ohio State, can. He is yeah. a redshirt junior, 6'5", 312. He is uh, one of his most prominent characteristics is his strength. They say he can already take on NFL the, the best of the NFL tackles right now. He has some lateral mobility. But I did read in one of the reports, I love this line, lacks dynamic short area quickness. And again, we can label most of these guys as plays well in the phone booth.
1: Was that on the on the Draft Network site? Yeah. That here, here let's give him a shout out. Who wrote that breakdown? That's on the Draft Network. Look, like, we've shouted them out before. They're such a good resource um, to check out. There's so many different sites you can you can look through. But John Ledyard was one of the guys who started that, and he was a great uh, Steelers analyst. So that's what turned them on, us on to them. I think it was Kyle Krabs. Yep, Kyle Krabs, who wrote that scanner report. Um, yeah. Again, really good fit. Where is he going to be available? He's very similar to Creed Humphrey. This is a, a simpler player, but hey, he—they're both redshirt juniors. Steelers love that. He played against much—he played against much better competition at Ohio State, and with that power run game, the Steelers seem uh, determined to get that old Steelers identity back with the power run game. So he would fit from that angle.
0: So, this is a guy, this is an interesting pick because uh, I've seen him in a couple of mock drafts, which mean nothing. I know that. It's just interesting that this hit. Drake Jackson out of Kentucky, and he blocked for um, Benny, Benny Snell. Oh, there you go. Redshirt senior, 6'2, 290, which means he looks like a box that comes to your house from Amazon every day. But he was a four year starter, he was the anchor of the Wildcats offensive line his entire Term in college other than his red, his red shirt freshman year.
1: Yeah, so he's a guy that seems like he could be an acceptable NFL center, but he does not really check many of the Steelers' boxes. They do not like taking seniors. If you're a four-year starter, why didn't you – Why if you're good enough, you're gone before your senior year. You have more athletic upside if you're out before your senior year. Kentucky, obviously, they took Bud there first round, took Benny Snell there and whatever round they drafted him in, and uh, fourth or whatever it was. And – um third fourth yeah so they're not scared of kentucky but uh six to 290 senior slow not gonna test incredibly well that's not really the type of guy the steelers are looking for but if they got him it'll be because look he could be an nfl pl- starting center and there's a desperate need there in pittsburgh but uh it doesn't check a lot of the boxes
0: i think one of the pluses is though he played in the S- sec and at six two two ninety, I think you're characterized as a T Rex. His arms are about a foot long compared to everybody else. Which some of the analyses say that that helped him because he had to learn, you know, he had to learn how to play with his feet, how to keep himself centered, how to keep himself low. So, uh, like I said, he's kind of a boxy guy, and that might work to his advantage. He might be around in the third round.
1: Yeah, and at that point, if he's available, at least you're getting a competent NFL starter there.
0: Last guy, Trey Hill out of Georgia, junior, 6'3", 330. He has played both center and guard, which is a positive for the Steelers.
1: This is the one you might want to circle, too. I don't know where Trey Hill's being uh, projected to get drafted as far as the round goes, but this is a junior from one of the major super football schools in the SEC, Georgia. The Steelers have reportedly had a lot of contact with him one they do like that guard center flexibility they've had to to you know utilize that flexibility uh, over the years with those positions but um yeah i don't it's just gonna be so funny for them making a transition from such an athletic center who they paired with an athletic right guard in De castro and in the Le'Veon bell years including and, and that includes d'angelo williams time they just murdered people on pull blocks. They're a, they're a sh- uh, smaller but very fast offensive line. And they're going to have to change their identity now. You have one of the biggest offensive linemen in the league in Zach Banner. You know, that's a big, beefy guy. So maybe they, they try and go in more of that direction. And we know Dotson is an absolute road grader. So any of these guys could fit. And Trey Hill could be one of those guys. So at least there are a few good options. It's just weird. It's just hard to draft in the 20s, you know? Because you're not just drafting in the 20s, then you end up drafting in the 50s as well. So we'll see if the Steelers can get the right value for one of these guys. But Trey Hill, man, if you can play center at Georgia and make it out as a junior, you can play in the NFL for sure.
0: Well, it's an interesting thought if the Steelers would change his run philosophy instead of trying to do, you know, go wide and just go behind the big boys.
1: Yeah, well, we'll It'd see what happens. Slot runners We'll see what happens. But the Steelers have to take one unless they do something shocking coming up here.
0: Okay. Let's just wind this down. The owner's meeting is a virtual meeting, March 30 to 31st. We uh, basically have all but confirmed that the season will be extended to 17 games.
1: Yep. It's pretty much. Adam Schefter announced it today that it's pretty much a done deal. The 17th game for every NFL team will be against a team in the opposing conference. So the Steelers will play an NFC team every single year for that 17th game. And it works on a rotating schedule on whoever finished in your, like if you finished in the same place in your division, um, and that just rotates. So the Steelers are going to play the Seahawks this coming year because they got to sign the NFC West. That's the rotating schedule. I don't know who they get the next year, maybe the NFC East. And the Seahawks finished first place in their division, just like the Steelers did. They both had a record of 12-4, and 4, so that's how they matched them up that way. And uh, that's cool, although I, th- I feel like Dave Damashek has put together a much better idea for that every year where it should be a cross-conference. Div- uh, cross I think I said division earlier. I meant... They play someone from the opposite conference. AFC plays NFC. Damashek had said, you need to make more rivalry games. This game should be against the Eagles. This needs to be the battle for Pennsylvania. They should play every single year that way. The Ravens should be playing Washington. I really think they had an opportunity. There. The Rams should be playing the Chargers. That would have been a great opportunity that, of course, they squandered. Texans versus uh, Dallas Cowboys. Man, there were so many opportunities there, but... Uh, Hey, maybe they don't. Maybe the Steelers won't have to play Russell Wilson by that time. Maybe he'll be out of there. So
0: the only question left is whether the NFL will reduce the preseason to three or two games. So hopefully we'll find that out by the end of the week. And yeah, they said probably
1: st- three. I think that's what Art Rooney was saying. But you're right, we'll figure that out soon here.
0: And the NFL still has not figured out what the parameters are going to be for offseason calendar. I mean, I think right. coming up in the next couple of weeks – Teams with new head coaches are theoretically able to have OTAs, but it is unknown right now whether they're going to have said
1: OTAs. Right. Well, all the, a lot of the owners and coaches have been coming out pretty confident that they're going to have fans in the stands. So if that's any indication, obviously that's a lot farther away going than offseason, but he's he's going some, some going. Uh, Roone, Rooney said that he he's thinks they'll be back in the trophies here. Hit us
0: up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next
1: week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming!
0: It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you.